What community sounds like. Stay open. Hey guys, this is Chris from Tap the Craft. I want to tell you about a new partner that we have for the show. B-Cups. B-Cups is the world's first line of style-specific beer cups for people on the go. Whether by the beach, pool, hiking, or on the boat, B-Cups are great for any place you can't use glassware. They're dishwasher-safe, lightweight, BPA-free, recyclable, and so clear that they often get mistaken for glass. They come as four packs on Amazon.com, but two packs and variety packs are available on their website at bcups.net. That's B-C-U-P-S dot net. Go check it out. craft beer friends and welcome to another episode of tap the craft podcast i am denny loose i am coming to you from boise idaho and my partner in craft from tampa florida all the way in tampa is mr chris mckenzie our wells bro how are you doing tonight i'm doing good denny how's your night going ah it's it's going well i mean i just got home from work drinking a couple beers i had a quick meal and now i'm on the mic with you to talk about you know, one of my favorite subjects, that's craft beer. Definitely. Yeah. And and drinking beer. What I'll tell you what I'm drinking first. Let me just change it up. I'll tell you what I'm drinking and then you can tell me what you're drinking. That's All right. You interrupted me because I was just about to ask you. <laughs> oh, dang. You were on. You were on. Yeah, I was, I was I was ready, but you know, I'll get it next time. Okay. I, Danny, what's in your glass? <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad you asked. I'm drinking a full sail brewing shortest day of what? Of winter ale. Yes, it's my first winter ale of the season, already out in October, and it's from Full Sail. And this is a black IPA style beer, which is a nice change. I mean, I, I enjoy a good black IPA. I think that the black IPA, Cascadia and Dark Ale, whatever you want to call it, you know, they're s- slowly starting to fade away. Not very many breweries are making them anymore. But Full Sail said, hey, you know what? This is a great beer to throw into a winter warmer. And uh, I'm really enjoying it. Nice, roasty uh, malt character up front, finishing off with a nice hoppy back end. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a perfect, it's what I would consider really kind of like the perfect blend to make a Cascadian Dark Ale or Black IPA. Nice. Yeah. Have, have you had a winter ale yet? Uh, no, no, no. All right. Still uh, well, time. I mean, no, no, I haven't. <laughs> are you, are you looking for winter ales? I, I'm not specifically looking for them, but you know, if someone gave one to me, I wouldn't hesitate to drink it. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? That, I might uh, have to throw a couple bottles of this in uh, your care package too. All right. In fact, uh, I, I, I know I can get the fresh squeeze and cans, so that's nice. I need to pick up a six pack of that for you, and then uh, maybe I'll throw some of these. I've already, I'm already gone through two six packs in one week that I've been drinking this uh, beer. I've, I've already gone through two six pack. I, I got one six pack, enjoyed it, and then bought another one, and, uh, and almost finished this one too. So it's pretty, it's a pretty good beer in my book if I can go through two six packs in a, in a week. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's not too heavy. It, it is six point six percent alcohol. Not too bad. Yeah. 
Yeah, but uh, it's good. It's tasty. So, Chris, what are you drinking tonight? So, in my glass tonight, I've been blessed by the Ohio Beer Fairy. Mm. Um, sometimes I call her Megan, uh, but you know, Megan just got back from Ohio, so she stopped at Hoppin' Frog. Oh, nice! Uh, while she was in Ohio, um, and I'm currently drinking. Grab this bottle here. The Fresh Frog Raw Hop Imperial Pale Ale. Oh. And this is, uh, I know we were kind of talking about fresh hops last show or last episode. And I'm, I'm happy to say I'm, I'm finally enjoying some fresh hop beers uh, for, for this season. And this one's, um, I had this before and I didn't realize it. I uh, found out it was all the way back in 2010 mm. when I had this beer the last time. But it's, uh, it's really good. It's a little on the sweeter side, again, being a, an imperial pale ale. Um, but it's a little peppery. And um, a bit on the dank side, which yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily mind. Uh, and then it has a nice, nice bitter finish with uh, some different tropical notes in it. Sweet, sweet, yeah. So, uh, and I guarantee that it's a different beer than what you had in 2010 because I know they're probably not using the exact same hop for that fresh hop uh, that they did back then. So, well, I'm sure the hops are different, but I, I'm, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but what I was tasting this one, uh, right before I didn't write the actual notes when I checked in on untapped with it, but then, uh, I was like, Oh, I was getting the same flavors, the same, the same notes out of it, the pepper, peppery, um, and then, you know, dank and tropical. And then I saw my post from 2010 and it was the exact same thing. Oh, I was like, well, all right. I mean, I know that's kind of hard to do, but, um, I don't recall at all tasting this beer what, <laughs> eight years ago. So I'm, I'm just going to say they did a good job replicating it. How about well, that? There you go. There you go. They can repeat. That's the reproducibility and repeatability is key to a good craft brewery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Well, enjoy that beer. Is it a 22-ounce bottle? It is a 22-ounce bottle, and uh, I believe... We are clocking in at 7.8%. And surprisingly enough, for an Imperial Pale, it's only at 45 IBUs, so not too bitter, but oh, still, wow. uh, still really good. Yeah, that is kind of low for an Imperial, but uh, but good, good. All right, well, hey, let's get this show rolling. And uh, before we get into the meat, the hot content, hot content, <laughs> wow, that was hard to say. I must Maybe I should slow, slow down on these beers. But before we get into all that great content we have for all of our listeners, let's just let all of our new listeners in on the secret of Tap the Craft Podcast. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to help our great listeners along in their craft beer journey. Again, we always mention whether you're a seasoned veteran of craft beer or you're brand new to the hobby, we guarantee there'll be something in this show that you will learn. So stick around. And you're listening to episode 111, the triple ones, the binary mm-hmm. eight in binary coded decimal. Yes, triple ones recording on Monday, October 22nd, 2018. And in this episode, we are going to discuss a couple beer related articles provided by two great listeners. Each one is a little bit different. In fact, we have a, a wide variety of differences in the article, which is nice. But there, there's one that's going to be focusing on a barley shortage and another one on struggling larger craft breweries. 
And as a third, because you got to do things in threes, we have a fun article about beer and Halloween candy pairings because Halloween is right around the corner. And what a fun article to go ahead and drink some beer and eat some Halloween candy. And I, you know, I thought that was a great uh, mention about uh, that Chad Lamasa did on our voicemail last episode about the Oreo cookies and beer pairing. I thought Halloween candy would be a great article to talk about on this one. And of course, you can count on Chris and I having some great conversation along the way. But before we get into that, let's start off the show with talking about Trek Brewing. Now, John did not write anything in our notes today. So this is coming from just a random post on Instagram that I happened to see. Uh, it looks like they have a date. They have a date for their grand opening. And their grand opening date is November 23rd, 2018, which just happens to be Black Friday. Black Friday is their grand opening. Now, interesting date. What do you think, Chris? Do you think opening on Black Friday, is that going to be uh, positive or maybe uh, slightly negative in attendance? I want to say it's going to be positive um, because I know Black Friday normally is when um, Goose Island releases their Bourbon County Stouts. Mm -hmm. um, and then I know, at least around here, it's kind of a, it's kind of a beer release day uh, just because, you know, most people are either off or on adjusted schedules for work or, you know, just not a, it's not a usual Friday. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, hopefully people have the time off. They're, they're, not going to know what to do with themselves, so they're going to go down to Trek Brewing and, and uh, have a few beers. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, I talk about my favorite beer festival every year, which is the Payette Brewing's Black Friday Beer Festival. And it used to be my, it became my favorite when my wife and daughter would drop me off at the brewery. I would sit there and drink. They would go shopping. They would come pick me up. And then I'd go home and they wouldn't have to worry about the money that I wouldn't worry about the money they spent because I was feeling good on drinking <laughs> all those nice, dark, high octane beers. Then uh, it was like a win-win. They got to go do their shopping. I got to go drink. Uh, it was great. Now it's rolled into, you know, five, six years later. Now it's a whole family event where the whole family goes to the Black Friday Payette Beer Festival. And we really enjoy it. And it is nice. And it gets a very large crowd. So you know what this might work for them actually if they if they can get some of the uh, the wives to drop their husbands off at the brewery they go shopping and they come back and pick them up um, you could have a pretty good uh, turnout for sure yeah he he could just have adult daycare at the brewery while while you know the people that want to go out shopping yeah no but I mean I'm sure they're gonna put on uh, a great event that day. Uh, they finally get to have their grand opening, which I know they've been trying to do for quite a while now. So it's uh, finally glad to see this is happening. Yeah, yeah, good. It means he's brewing enough beer to handle the official grand opening. So that is always positive. So, and I mean, and it's going to be a day where, you know, most people aren't going to be at work. So what else are you going to do with yourself? Go down to Trek Brewing and have beer. Yeah. <laughs> well, and... Um, in case we have, uh, again, new listeners, Trek Brewing is our buddy John. He's a host of Tap to Craft. He's taking a little bit of a break from the show while he finishes up starting up 
his own commercial brewery just outside of Columbus, Ohio, in Newark, Ohio. So it's called Trek Brewing. And if you are going to be in the Newark or Columbus area in the uh, Thanksgiving week holiday time frame, you should stop in and uh, give them a try. Say we sent you at Tap the Craft. Mm -hmm. All right. How about some noteworthy beers? Did you drink anything fun, exciting that you have to share with all of our great listeners? I did. I'm uh, <clears throat> one more time because we're getting uh, we're getting through so many beers through that mail order service that mm -hmm. we talk about every single episode anymore. Um, but one of the last beers I've, that I've had from from that shipment service that I want to talk about is going to be the Deschutes Black Butte 30. Mm. Um, that was, if I remember correctly, reading the side of that bottle, it was eight. There was it was aged in 13 different types of barrels. What? And then blended together. Wow. It was something ridiculous, something that made me just kind of, it just took me, took me by surprise. Like really how, how could you age uh, beer in so many different barrels? Um, but I, it was just absolutely fantastic. I split it with a friend of mine. Uh, we sat there and, and drank that while we sat and watched the movie Child's Play. <laughs> uh, nice. So it's had a guy's night and uh, just enjoyed some some goofy horror movies and ate some pizza and stuff like that. So while we were eating a pizza, we had you know, um, I think we were drinking a Kolsch earlier that night. And then I said, you know what? I think I think we need to open this bottle up because Megan's not a big fan of the uh, the barrel aged beers and and uh, my buddy Trey is. So so we cracked that open and it it disappeared way too quickly and. Uh, I was really excited about that beer. Yeah. Because um, I just remember in January, I had 20, the 29. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, not 13, eight different barrels. So, okay. The, uh, the 30th anniversary Imperial Porter was blended using eight different types of oak barrels with notes of salted chocolate, whiskey, and dried fruit. And man, was it good. Uh, <laughs> I was really, really happy to get a hold of that one. Uh, so, I gave that, that one four and a half caps on Untapped. And then, the uh, the other one that I wanted to talk about was one that you and I talked about uh, a little while ago was from Denver Beer Company, their Graham Cracker Porter. Mm. And uh, I, I have to say you kind of downplayed it a little bit um, <clears throat> when we talked about it a few a couple weeks ago. But I don't know if it was just the day I was having that day, but man, that, that beer just hit the spot. Oh, good. Um, it was it was sweet. You could definitely taste like a Graham Crackery sweetness with... Uh, you know, biscuity, crackery um, flavor to it. And then it was roasty with a little bit of chocolate right behind that. And uh, I gave that one a four cap too. Uh, we actually had two cans of that. They're both gone now. Sad <laughs> to say. Uh, so we, we really enjoyed that. Enjoyed both of those. And all the other beers I've been drinking has just been stuff I've had um, before. So I didn't really check into too many of them. But uh, what about you, Denny? Do you have any uh, new and noteworthy beers to talk about? I do. I have uh, I I did drink a lot of new beers since our last recording, and I have uh, more than three. And I try to keep it to three, so we don't have the show run on too long. But I won't talk about them too long. Um, before I start with the ones I have on the list, I just want to say that the one I'm drinking right now, the Full Sail Shortest Day Winter Ale, um, it's one of my noteworthy beers. Also, I really enjoy this beer. It's worth you guys going out there and finding it if you can get Full Sail in your area. And if you enjoy good 
black or Cascadian dark ales, then it's a, this is a very good one. So I want to make sure I mention that. But starting off, uh, this is a, I, I'm going to mention very quickly the same beer you mentioned as a noteworthy beer last show, the Mother Earth Four Seasons of Mother Earth Summer 2018 release of this beer. Um, this is the one that was an imperial stout with raspberries. And as you said, Chris, perfectly done. Uh, the the implement, implementation of the raspberry with the uh, with the chocolate and imperial stout type uh, character was done really well. It was it wasn't an over it wasn't an overly sweet raspberry. It was uh, kind of like a jammy raspberry with that chocolate uh, little you know chocolate roasted character. Um, this beer was fantastic, and like you, I gave it a five cap rating. And I, if anyone has this beer, uh, they should drink it now while it's good. It's really good. Don't don't age this one. I think you need to drink it fresh. Uh, very good. Yeah, definitely uh, enjoy that one. Yeah, That's, drink it now. Don't yeah. wait. I, I'm gonna buy more when I see this come out. I I mean I've I've bought different versions of the seasons. I just don't think I've ever had this one. I don't know if they change it up every year, um, but if they have the same beer next year, I'm gonna for sure find a couple bottles. It's it's good. And the next beer is, uh, I, I think I mentioned in the last episode, that I was going to enjoy a good, hearty English barley wine after our, you know, our topic from last show. So I just happened to have a nice Goose Island Bourbon County brand barley wine from 2017, a gift to me from our friends Amanda and Kevin in Pittsburgh. And I brought this back with me from Pittsburgh when I was visiting there this summer. And uh, this is awesome. Perfect balance of the bourbon barrel and the English barley wine. Uh, it didn't, the, the bourbon barrel character did not overcome the characteristics of the barley wine. Uh, just great dark fruit character, like some fig, figgy, datey uh, character out of the. Um, out of the barley wine, also the some of that bourbon character, some of that vanilla bourbon character, you know, comes through. Uh, superb beer, five cap rating for this one too. It knocked my socks off. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Not too boozy, even though it was nearly fourteen and a half percent in alcohol. Um, it, it didn't burn. It was very very tasty. Now maybe being a year old. Uh, it, it calmed down some of that heat. If you you know had it fresh, it might be a little bit hotter. But I think one year is like the perfect age. I I drank it and I said, you know what? I don't think it can get any better than this. It was it was superb. And one of my untapped, one of our listeners and, and friends on Untapped, Travis, uh, he commented and said, hey, he has a bottle of this. I said he he wanted to age it a little bit longer. And I said, hey, you can age it, but I think right now is the perfect time to drink it because if you go too long. You could get a little bit of oxidation in that beer, and I think that would take away from the, the awesome character. So don't let it go too long, Travis. Then my next beer, um, I have to step down a little bit down from the fives. I two fives in one show is crazy, but I am drinking a few Firestone Walker beers. And the first one was a, a gift from my wife. She went to the store and saw this beer and said, you know what? I think Denny would really enjoy this beer. It's called the, the Firestone Walker Undercurrents American Wild Ale. It's a sour ale with uh, black currants. 
in it. I love black currants. And this sour was just right. Not too sour, not acidic, very um, good flavors coming out of that the black currant uh, fruit character in, in there. It, really well done. Superb sour beer. Um, I gave it four and a half. Four and a half uh, rating, really good. So if you can find Firestone Walker undercurrents, uh, it's it's a great one. And also from Firestone Walker, I had a six pack of their Luponic Distortion IPA series number ten. This is their tenth in the series. Uh, another great IPA. In fact, I was drinking uh, one of them before the show. Uh, I think I just I might I think I might have one left of the six pack. But this is a, a great hop character. It has some mango fruitiness to it, but not too fruity. Uh, good, crisp, clean IPA. Uh, really easy drinking, really enjoyable. Uh, I mean, literally, you pour it in your glass, and before you know it, the glass is empty because it's just so easy to drink. Uh, four and a quarter rating for that one. All right, I went pretty quick. I didn't linger on too long. So, Chris, we have a contest coming up from our new sponsor, B-Cups. You want to talk about this contest? Absolutely. So Denny is going to mention our voicemail number here in just a couple of seconds after I get done talking about this, but we're going to offer up a four pack of B cups to the person who sends us a favorite voicemail. So we're going to uh, give you guys our voicemail number here in a little bit. And then I want everybody to send us a voicemail, have some fun with it. Drunk dials are encouraged. Um, And we're going to take our favorite voicemail and choose a winner out of everybody who sends us a voicemail. And when we pick a winner, we're going to send you guys a four pack of these B cups. Oh yeah. And, and you know what? You can, you can use B cups in your voicemail and you can make it funny. You can make windows. You can make whatever you want. If you make me laugh, guess what? You'll be on the short list for uh, getting a pair of these or a set of these. So uh, make it creative uh, and send us your voicemails. We want to hear you. How, how long do they have to do this? So we're going to, uh, I think we're going to go ahead and before we record our next show, which um, let's see. So today's the 22nd. We should be recording uh, what looks like November 4th or 5th. Yeah, okay. let's do November 5th. So why don't we do this? So you guys have until um, 11.59 p.m on sunday november 4th okay to get voicemails into us when the number we're going to give to you here in just a second um so get creative have some fun we're going to be sending you some b cups and if you don't know what b cups are they are a style specific high quality plastic beer cup um that we're going to you guys will have some more information about them at the end of the show uh or even at the beginning of the show depending on where we play our audio bed for that but um, yeah, we're going to be giving away a four pack of those and uh, let's see what you guys can come up with. Cause I really like hearing the voicemails and um, let's just say that if we come up with a handful that we really, really like uh, that we can't just decide on one winner, uh, then we'll have to use a uh, kind of a random number generator to pick that, pick that winner. If we come up with, you know, just a few that we can't decide on, Oh, well, this was my favorite, but this one was really good too. So. Okay. Yeah, but you know what? Everyone will get to hear the voicemails on the show. I know. 
and that's the fun part. So yeah. <laughs> have some fun with it, guys. This could be real. This could be real fun for everybody. Okay, I liked. I liked the twist. I like what uh, Chris came up with, and uh, I, we, and Chris and I, um, we have purchased all f- four of these different style cups a piece. We each have four of them, and we we purchased those out of our own pocket. These are uh, we want to make sure that uh, when we talk about a sponsor that uh, we actually use this sponsor and uh, these are some really nice cups i uh, i think chris will be doing a special he did he already did a video of when he received uh, the package uh, and showed off each of the cups but uh, he might be doing another video kind of like uh, you know how to use these cups uh, you know appropriately around the pool or at the beach or whatever so stay tuned for that video at some time in the future i'm not going to say It'll be out soon, but whenever he's able to do it, he will post that on our Facebook page. I mean, if you're going to make me go do videos where I have to drink beer, I, mean, <laughs> I, I guess if I have to. Yeah, you got to put the work in, man. Come on. That's right. Yeah. Got to earn that tap to craft paycheck. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, hey, you know what? That voicemail number is 208-536-3359, or if you like name, you know, some creative uh, names for your phone numbers easier. We've got two zero eight five three oddly. That's pretty easy to remember. Two zero eight five three oddly. Send those voicemails in. You have until eleven fifty nine p.m. on November fourth. Okay, let's get into some feedback. And we had a Twitter poll, and the Twitter poll for the last seg- uh, couple weeks was: You're at a beer festival. And you have only 10 tokens to use for beer samples. Do you use them on? And you had four choices. Only known breweries or most unknown breweries or best named beer or just random selections. And uh, we had 20 votes. 20 people voted on this. Not, a, not as big as we've had on some other ones, but that's okay. We can't, we can't demand uh, 40 plus uh, votes every week. Uh, but let's see who what came in last place. Guess what? Only known breweries. People don't want to go drink the stuff that they're used to drinking. Only one person voted for that. That was dead last. Then the one that surprised me for second to last, uh, the best beer names. Come on, who doesn't choose beers at festivals based on their names? I do. Only three people voted for that. Then coming in second place. They, they go ahead and use them on mostly known breweries. So they'll use them on what they think are sure bets, but they'll go ahead and spend a few on some unknown, you know, samples. So that maybe they'll be able to find something they weren't expecting to find. And then number, that was four votes because I forgot to say that. And then, of course, just random selections had 12 votes where people just want to go and randomly pick beers and maybe they will have a gym of a beer in one of those selections. So a pretty good poll. So Mm -hmm. people like to be random. Chris, I can't remember your answer. Are you random or are you best name beer? What's your, what's your choice on here? So I was actually really torn on this one because, um, other than can art or bottle art, Mm -hmm. uh, names, beer names get me. So I was really torn, but I've also just gone to, you know, beer events and just say, well, um, I've heard good things about this brewery. You know what? Let's just try some stuff. Let's yeah. see what we come up with. And uh, 
honestly, I don't think I've ever been disappointed. <laughs> oh, well, I have been disappointed, but that's okay. We, it's okay to have a miss every so often. Well, but if you're disappointed, you're just not drinking enough. No, no, no. I can be disappointed <laughs> in a beer. I mean, there's just there are some bad beers out there. There really are. What? Yeah, yeah, there are. And if you haven't had one, then you are one lucky fella. No, I've definitely had my share of bad <laughs> beers. So um, I picked the uh, best named beers. Um, I I typically, if I find a name that uh, you know, like for example. Um, I had never heard of a new brewery that opened in Boise until the Hoptober Festival a couple, a few weeks ago. Uh, maybe it was over a month ago now. I can't remember. It was a, a, a little while ago. Um, it was called uh, Dick Shooter Pale L. Or was it a Brown L? Now I can't remember. I think it was Pale. Dick Shooter Pale L. Uh, come on. With a name like Dick Shooter, how can you not pick that beer? <laughs> I, you have to. What was, what was it called? Dick Shooter. Dick. D-I-C-K Shooter. <laughs> Dick Shooter Pale L. So it's called Dick Shooter. Yeah. Dick, Dick Shooter. Dick Shooter. Okay. I just wanted to see how many times we could say it. Yeah. Yeah. It's named after <laughs> Dick Shooter, Idaho. Did you know that? I was not aware that there was a Dick Shooter, Idaho. Me neither, but who cares? It's just called Dick Shooter. I, I mean, I picked it because it had a cool name. And who wouldn't want to live in Dick Shooter, Idaho? That's like living in Bat Cave, North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. So yeah, I do pick uh, by name a lot of times, and sometimes I'm 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 I do really well with the beer. I like the beer by chance, and sometimes the beer is is uh, maybe a miss. The name was the best part of that beer, but it's okay. It's a fun way of going around and sampling beers. But I also go and um, I will sample beers from certain breweries if I know a brewery that I really enjoy is there and they have a new beer. Um, I'll go and, and spin a token on it just to try it because I, you know, if I haven't been disappointed by them before, I probably won't be disappointed by trying out the new beer they have that uh, festival. So, all right. Well, you know what? I could not think of a poll for this next section. So, guess what? We're out of a poll. If you guys have any good poll suggestions, I know our buddy David Makazuki, he sent us a bunch of poll suggestions and I used all of them. In the last, uh, you know, a few months. But if anyone else has some good Twitter polls you'd like to see, send them my way. You can email us, or you can uh, uh, do a, you know, send it on Twitter. Email is probably easier, or on Facebook. But we'll give you that stuff in a minute after we get done with the next set of uh, listener feedback. So, why don't you hit us up with our first listener feedback, there, Mr. Chris? All right. So, Mr. Kyle from Kyle in Ohio, he commented on Twitter. Thanks for the birthday shout-out on episode 110. As Chris mentioned, Royal Docks Brewing is a must-visit if you're in Northeast Ohio, which I agree. Oh, that's because I said that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, ta the tap room and brewery are both awesome. Uh, the brewery tour was nearly two hours long and a really great experience. Yeah, and I, I saw that he posted or he liked the brewery tour event that they have. They have like a sign-up event thing. I don't know if it costs money. Does, you, have you been on a brewery tour? Not there. Okay. They have a private brewery tour event you can sign up for. So I'm guessing you pay a little money and you get that two-hour tour that he did. Uh, but it sounds like it's well worth it. Uh, and I think, you know, I it, I think I might have to try that. Is, that, is that brewery? That brewery is up there near... Uh, near Akron. Akron? Okay. Yeah. I need it's to go actually, to Akron. 
I believe it's uh, it's technically um, North Canton, which is just a little north of where uh, the Football Hall of Fame is. Oh, well, hey, while you go to the Hall of Fame, you go get some beer and a nice tour. I know. That sounds good. All right. Well, thank you, Kyle. Uh, we also had uh, one of your buddies, Mr. Chris, uh, James mm-hmm. Martinez. He commented on episode 110 Facebook posts with, just to let you know, the ABC in Wesley Chapel and the Total Wine in Tampa both have Anchorage Brewing beer. Chris, I know, I, and I suck at I suck at <laughs> buying beer anymore. <laughs> but you know what? They didn't have that. They didn't have the experiment, which um, really, really enjoyed from Anchorage. Uh, I and I'm pretty sure if if I was to go in there, I'd probably find Anchorage Brewing right away and just go. <laughs> I'm just that. <laughs> it's okay. Now you know, and knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. <laughs> yeah, James, James, uh, he's, yeah, I like spending time with him, getting to have some beers with him. James, we are overdue for a beer, so whenever you're ready, let me know. For sure. All right. So, Miss Amanda R. Gower on, uh, at Try to Stay Upright on Twitter said, Kevin R. Gower, with a couple of these, I would be an unstoppable dancing and singing machine we're gonna need a video to prove that uh <laughs> she linked to an article about a new beer collaboration between duncan donuts and harpoon called the harpoon duncan coffee porter um and i've kind of been looking around we don't get i don't think we get harpoon down here in florida but um have you seen it around you anywhere denny no no we don't get harpoon in uh, this far they they uh, they do distribute to a pretty good amount of states right on the east coast probably i'm gonna guess probably 20 13 to 13 to 20 15 to 20 somewhere around there i looked at the distribution and it's all on the wet on the east coast so i get harpoon when i visit like when i go over to the east coast i'll you know pick up a few that look interesting to me when i'm uh, at the uh, bottle shop but i can't get it here so yeah we're out of luck but that sounds like a good one though According according to their website, though, they distribute to Florida. Oh, well, maybe you should go to uh, the Total Wine maybe. in Tampa. Yeah. or <laughs> no, The Total Wine in Tampa, their beer on their shelf is old. Old, yeah. We have literally found uh, IPAs on their shelf that have been there for literally two years. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, not good. They, a, they should the police selection. that a little better. Yeah, the selection is great. They have so much stuff there, but... Um, yeah, I, I remember when we first, before we even moved down here, we came came down and with our little bit of beer knowledge that we had purchased IPAs and realized that they tasted a little oxidized and a little bit like wet cardboard and didn't know why <laughs> uh, at the time, but we know better now. And uh, other stuff that they do have, we're okay to buy, but uh, stay away from the IPAs. Uh, but yeah, they cover everything on the East Coast, Ohio, Indiana, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Texas, Louisiana, uh, what it looks like, uh, Alabama, Tennessee, and Florida all the way up to Maine. Okay. Nice. I guess I got some work to do. You know what? I, I really just need to get out a little more um, instead of training all these damn dogs all the time. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. All right. Well, you know what, Chris? You had posted a uh, or, or relinked a post on our Facebook page from a, another, I don't remember what it was, some other thing. And it was, I thought it was pretty cool. It said, uh, it said 
the best craft brewery that nobody knows about is and left it a blank. It's a fill in the blank. And so we had a few of our listeners uh, chime in with their f- unknown breweries, you know, breweries that nobody knows about that are really good that people should check out. So I went ahead and I listed the people who mentioned them and I, they, they most, all of them put, uh, the brewery, uh, and, and that was it. So I've kind of put a location along with it so that you guys know where the stuff is at. So starting off with the first person who commented was, was craft beer, Joe, Mr. Joe Easton. He said darkness brewing. It's out of Bellevue, Kentucky. So have you had some darkness? Uh, there's, there's darkness in my life, but not from darkness brewing. <laughs> okay. Fortunately, how about you? <laughs> no, no, haven't had darkness yet. Haven't had darkness, but Hey, I might have to keep uh, that on my short list. Uh, David Makazuki, he says Alasta brewing out of Covina, California. All right. I'd never heard of that one. Uh, Hey, you, Chris, you said Zephyr Hills brewing out of Zephyr Hills, Florida. Mm-hmm. But nobody's Robert heard of that. And Terry makes some amazing beer. Yeah. Well, James has. Okay. James yeah. Martinez. Okay. I'm literally wearing a Zephyr Hills Brewing t-shirt right now. <laughs> All right. I can see it. Not really, yeah. but I can picture it in my head. All right. We had Scott Snow. He says, Astoria Brewing out of Astoria, Oregon, and Bowie Beer Company out of Astoria, Oregon. So I'm guessing Scott Snow must be from Oregon. And myself, I said Jim Dandy Brewing out of Pocatello, Idaho. I've mentioned Jim Dandy. They are the newest brewery in Pocatello. Just opened up this summer. Fantastic beer. Everyone that drives through Pocatello needs to stop and try their beer. Then we had Mike Allen. He listed three different breweries, and he actually listed where they were from. Thank you, Mike, for making my life easier. He says Moonraker out of Auburn, California. Alvarado Street out of Monterey, California, and Fieldwork out of Berkeley, California. Three breweries that you have to try, and I haven't had any of them. So I am mm-hmm. definitely uh, need to need to make a change there. Go go do another North North Central North uh, Brewery California Brewery tour for sure. And then our last person who uh, left feedback on that was Steve Corsman. He said Devour Brewing out of Boynton Beach, Florida, and Prosperity Brewers out of Boca Raton, Florida. Now, you've had some of those, right? No, but you know what? That's less than three hours from my house, so I know where to go when I head south from here. Okay. All right. Now you know. Now you know. Well, hey, that is our feedback from our listeners for from the last show. And if you want to be like our great listeners who just gave us all those comments, you can do that easily. You can leave your comments or questions on email. Just just send it to tapthecraft at gmail.com, or you can write us a comment on Twitter. Just follow us at tapthecraft. And, of course, Chris wants to hear from you on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash tapthecraft. And don't forget our voicemail number, 208-536-3359 or 208-53-ODDLY, and get your entry in for our contest. And we want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show. They provide the hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that Chris and I are putting out, then we know you'll find some other great content like the following. 
Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny, John, and Chris. Hey, and if you want to check out more great podcasts, check out the Open Form Radio Network over at OpenFormRadio.com. We have such podcasts such as Open Form Radio Proper, Facetious, Geeks for the Win, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gaming Vessels, Slash Attainment, and Conspiracy Otter. Hey, thank you so much for checking out Tap the Craft today, and please leave these fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this great show. Hey, thanks again for listening. And now it's time for the Brew Buzz segment, and the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics, and this week we are going to discuss a couple beer-related articles provided by our listeners. And starting off with the first article, our buddy David Makazuki posted an article to our Facebook page from Wired Magazine titled, Climate Change Might Double the Cost of a Beer. Wow, with a... With a, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, with a headline like that, who's not going to read this fluff piece? I mean, this uh, <laughs> this, this very scientific uh, article. Well-written article. Yes, yes. So uh, let's just kind of give you an over, you know, we'll, we'll just summarize what this thing's about. So basically, scientists expect that the extreme droughts and heat waves will become more frequent and intense in the regions that grow the grain. The grain that makes malt, which is what? Barley, right? <laughs> Malted barley. So mm-hmm. barley producing areas are going to be hit hard by extreme droughts and heat waves. Okay. All right. But just those areas. Nowhere else. Nowhere just, else is going to be affected. Yeah. Yeah. Just barley, to... barley growing areas specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Many farmers are already adapting to the slowly warming planet with advanced plant breeding techniques to create more drought-resistant grains and by That's using hot. more efficient irrigation systems to conserve water. Okay, well, that is like just natural, right? I, I think we've been doing that for a while, but okay, mm-hmm. I, I'll buy it. That Yeah, farmers are trying to come up with ways to water their, you know, their stuff and, and you know, yeah, okay. All right, now a new study from the journal... Nature Plants says that many regions won't be able to cope with the arid conditions of the future. Okay. They'll become deserts, I guess. Uh, The work was done by a group of researchers in China, along with Stephen J. Davis, an environmental scientist out of the University of California, Irvine. The team looked at the areas around the world that grow barley, which is turned into malt for beer, and projected that what will occur under five different climate warming scenarios by 2100. Uh, yeah, that's like in, uh, what, 82 years. Uh, there'll be five different climate changes. Okay. Using models of both economic activity and climate change, the group made predictions about what will happen to barley production as well as the beer price and consumption. All right. So keep in mind that they're predicting <laughs> this is going to happen, you know, up through 2100, 82 years from now, 82 years from now, they're saying the most severe climate events will have a couple of things. Global beer consumption will decline by 16%. They're saying that we're going to drink less beer no in way. 2100. I don't, I don't know. I, I think maybe we're going to change to a different alcohol beverage. I, I don't know. This is science. Yeah. yeah. So science is never. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. 16%. That's a lot. Um, and the average beer prices are going to double. Um, if they only double, I'll be grateful. That means beer will still be cheap mm-hmm. 
in 82 years from now because uh, Chris and I were talking before the show and uh, right now, what we're paying anywhere from between five and seven dollars a beer, a 16 ounce beer at the pub. Um, and I don't think 82 years ago that they were paying what 250 to 350 a beer back then. I think it was still like, yeah, probably not. Yeah, it was still like under a buck or maybe a buck, right? It's, I mean, come on, a hundred years ago, <laughs> that was probably a dime or anything. <laughs> So yeah, I don't know what I I don't know how they figured out all this stuff, but hey, they used some very scientific models science. to figure this they out. They use science for that. Yeah, they use science. Okay, so let's see how each country will be affected because they will be affected differently. They say, such as the price of a single pint of beer in Ireland will rise by four dollars and eighty four cents. Um, do you know what the average? beer price in ireland is right now um i don't because okay. i mean i feel like ireland does ireland use the euro i i think or, they use the pound right they're part okay, so, are they part of the uh i think they still use a pound so it's but but still even i mean the buying power and we're going to get into an economics discussion i feel like here in a second <laughs> but like your buying power decreases by half what like every 10 15 years mm. So, I mean, if it only goes up $4.84 over 100 years, I feel like that that's a deal. I think it is, too. I think it's not too bad. I think we're okay. Um, so, 484 for Ireland. That's like the biggest the biggest one, right? Ne- next is Italy, 452. And then in Canada, 434. Now, that's a Canadian dollar, so it's not worth anything anyway, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, it says the United States will see beer prices rise up to a buck ninety-four. Oh my gosh! Really? If it only goes up a buck ninety-four, I'll be so happy. <laughs> see, if, you, if it goes up a dollar ninety-four in in Idaho, you'll be paying Tampa prices. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, and it says under the extreme events, and barley farmers will export more to other nations. Okay, so U.S. is not going to be affected. And we're gonna we're we're, we're not gonna be affected so much that we're gonna export all of our excess barley to other areas. Awesome. So I feel like we're just we're just gonna have to trade with you know with like Ireland and Italy. So hey, we'll get you more barley if you get us more more whiskey <laughs> or more go. wine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. come on, yeah. let's let's bring the world together here. Yeah, yeah, we're one big happy family. We'll share yeah. our alcohol. And uh, we'll be happy. All right. So they did have, uh, you know, referring back to, to 2014, uh, the U.S. barley growing regions of Montana, North Dakota, and Idaho. Yeah, right here. Yes, we do produce a bulk of the malt and barley. Uh, was hit by an extremely wet and warm winter that caused crops to sprout early, rendering much of it useless. Farmers were forced to tap into reserves in storage. Okay, yeah, we did have a wet uh, um, winter. I, I do remember that. Uh, in 2017, and again this past summer, the Pacific Northwest was hit by severe drought that affected the production of hop, which give unique flavors to the craft brews. Uh, yeah, um, and, and I'm personally <laughs> called BS on this because this year was one of the best hop-producing years that we've had in Idaho because... This, basically, the, the warm came early, and we were able to get the crops out and 
you know, they were popping out hops like crazy. There was an excess of hops this year. So I don't think it really was uh, hampered by the weather. It actually helped it in our area for sure. So I don't know what these where these guys are getting all this information from. It seems like it's kind of a little shady to me. They're just trying to... It's fake news. Yeah, it's, it's fake, fake news. news. It's fake news. Yeah, it's what is huge, <laughs> huge <laughs> fake news. <laughs> all right. So guess what? <laughs> guess what? The craft beer industry is already planning for the future, says Chris Swersey, the supply chain specialist for the Brewers Association. Now, here's someone that knows what they're talking about. He says that he is skeptical of the paper's findings. Really? He's skeptical? Well... You know what? I'm skeptical of the papers finding things myself, but I'm not even an expert. So if this guy he's smart about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you and I over here slightly buzzed, admittedly. <laughs> um <clears throat> you and I are finding this skeptical and a guy who is the uh a supply chain specialist for the Brewers Association <laughs> finds it skeptical as well. Yeah. I mean Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so one of the things that he points out is, is mainly because it assumes that the amount and location of barley production will stay the same as it is today. He says that barley growing is already moving to North Canada uh, or north to Canada, and researchers are hoping to expand barley's range with winter-hardy breeds. So there you go. We're already working to overcome this possibility. So don't worry, people. I think you're going to be safe in 100 years. Your beer will still be around. And guess what? With inflation, it's not going to increase that much. You're in luck. I mean, just consider it right now is if you had to pay the price for a beer at, say, your local sports stadium. That Maybe, maybe that's what you would have to pay. Mm-hmm. But maybe that would just drive more people to homebrew. Yeah. All right. Which, which isn't awful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Home, yeah, but you... But you still have to come up with a way of getting those barley, that, that malted barley. Yeah, but I can brew five gallons of beer for 25 30 bucks. Yeah, but what if you're paying $50 for the barley? It's still five gallons of beer for <laughs> 50 bucks. <laughs> okay, well, I've had enough of that article. Hey, <laughs> I want all of our listeners, let us know what you think. Did I misread this article? Do you have more insight into this thing? I'm not saying that global warming is not happening. I'm just saying this article is a little bit shady. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying that, yeah, there's going to be a little bit more heat. Uh, you know, there's going to be some drought. There's going to be issues, but honestly... I think they're kind of uh, jumping the shark with this article, and uh, I call BS. I don't know when it when it's cold in the next you know in two or three decades from now, and uh, and and barley's growing like crazy. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. Well, hey, let's move on to our second article. Why don't you go ahead and take us on this journey? All right. So our buddy Matt Knight posted the following article from SF Gate website that. Laguanitas is going to lay off 12% of its workforce, which is going to affect more than 100 employees. So Laguanitas Brewing Company, which is a Heineken-owned brewing company with headquarters in Petaluma, announced that it would be laying off 12% of its workforce. Uh, the, brewing site, the brewery cited a retrenchment of the American craft beer market as the reason for the layoffs. Um, and retrenchment is the re- 
reduction of cost or spending in response to economic difficulty. Okay, so so now I I find this interesting because they're saying that that uh, that it's because of uh, economic difficulty, and I don't I don't know if that's economic difficulty on their end or on the consumer end. I'm not. Sh- I mean, I don't think there's an economic difficulty on the consumer end. Do you? No. No, I think they're saying that they're having trouble because they maybe uh, overextended themselves and now they need to rethink uh, their, you know, how they went about doing things and, and now they need to reduce their headcount and uh, slow things down a little bit because they kind of uh, overextended themselves. But uh, honestly, I'm still buying just as much beer as I was buying. Am I buying as much Lagunitas beer as I was in the past? No. Now, nope. w- now, why is that? That is because there are so many options out there of really good beer that, you know, why not buy more local stuff that is, in my opinion, as good as Lagunitas or these bigger breweries? I don't need to have beer shipped into me now. I I have it here locally. And because there's over 6,000 breweries, guess what? Everyone has access to craft beer now. And uh, I think you know these bigger breweries are are going to have to to start uh, thinking of ways of maintaining their superiority without uh you know i don't know they have to figure out a way of doing this because people are going local i'm not buying i don't go to the store and buy lagunitas i go to the store and well i go to the store and buy full sell <laughs> go to the mm-hmm. store and i buy uh firestone walker uh, I mean, no, I do buy a lot of local beers that drink, um, you know, for my weekly drinkers, but just happens that right now I'm buying some other ones, but, but there's a, a variety out there. So I'm, I'm shopping around. I'm, I'm not just sticking with one brand. I don't buy Lagunillas every time I go to the store anymore. Okay. Sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to okay. get that off my chest. Okay. You sure you good now? I'm good. Okay, so in addition to the main brewing operation in the North Bay, Lagunitas has two tap rooms in Seattle and Azusa, California, and a second brewing facility in Chicago. So more than 100 people in every department of roughly a 900-person company will be affected, although the Petaluma location will experience most of the cuts. So it sounds like... um, Sounds like it's it's on their end, not the actual economy's end. That they're they they are experiencing financial. I'm sorry, quote economic difficulty. Yes, yes. So uh, the craft beer market is rapidly evolving and in many ways more challenging," said Lagunitas CEO Maria Stipp in a statement. Uh, she says more breweries, more choices. Very much like the late '90s when the craft beer segment had similar pressure. Now, uh, st- now I'm trying to figure out this pressure in the late 90s because I was living in the late 90s in the craft beer uh, community, and I didn't think there was pressure. I mean, I was trying to find more craft breweries. There wasn't, like, you know, too much of it, so I'm kind of confused on on that pressure. I got to tell you what, I'm, I'm really liking what we're doing here. We're taking these articles <laughs> and we're just literally blasting these people going, you're f- kind of full of shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, yeah, it's just, it, I don't know. Maybe, I, I guess I need to have more understanding of where she's coming from with the 90s uh, issues because 
Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it is what it is. I, I just didn't see. I was still looking for as much craft beer brews as I could find at that time in the 90s. Yeah. So Stip said to combat the slowing of the market, the company would be refocusing on taking, quote, steps to drive our flagship IPA, end quote. That beer, the Lagunitas IPA, is considered one of the paradigmatic examples <laughs> of the West Coast IPA style. And you know what? I feel like that that's a word that I need to put more into my vocabulary. <laughs> I can't even say it. Par- you did good. I did paradigmatic. Paradig or paradigmatic. And normally I'm the one going, hey, guys, can, can you help me out here? How do you pronounce that? <laughs> So such struggles are not unique to Lagunitas. A year ago, Anheuser-Busch InBev's high-end division, which manages Golden Road, Ten Barrel, and others, laid off 90% Mm. of its sales division. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. I thought I was reading that funny because it says Ten Barrel and then size 90%. I thought I was reading... 10 barrel and it was supposed to be 10 percent of its sales division but no, 90 percent <laughs> of its sales division yeah so in june san diego's green flash brewing scaled back plants to expand distribution to 32 states and laid off 15 percent of its workforce amid slowing sales and then and, wait and they huh. canceled and they canceled their brewery expansion to the east coast oh yeah yeah yeah, I almost took my green flash class and threw it in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because, <laughs> I, you know, again, it's it's one of those breweries. There's so much local stuff available to us right now. Yeah. And I'm sure it is the same thing with you and Boise, is that I, I don't need to get stuff from the West Coast. I can get stuff from the West Coast of Florida, and that's plenty <laughs> enough to keep us busy. That's true. <laughs> Okay, so then in August, Constellation Brands, which owns Ballast Point and Funky Buddha, among other breweries, laid off around 60 employees while restructuring the company. Now, Funky Buddha holds, uh, or used to, hold a very special place in our refrigerator. Um, And both Megan and I have agreed here very recently that they are one of the ones that have been bought out and their quality is failing. Really? Really? Oh my goodness! That's I hate to hear that because, uh, I, I mean, I've 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 only had a few of their beers, but I've enjoyed them. But now that you're saying their quality is going down, that's not good. Well, I mean, we've you know we always pushed you know again. I bring up Vegas again when we tried. Mm-hmm. We had the Hawaiian Lion, which was from Big Top Brewing down in Sarasota, and then we had at Last Snow, mm-hmm. which is from Funky Buddha, um, and they were they you know they were running head-to-head kind of in that competition of the the coffee coconut porter. They're, they were both good beers at that time. Yeah. Um, now we will go to, uh, you know, a local beer bar um, and go, oh, there's Funky Buddha stuff on. And uh, we've been burned a lot of times. Mm. I remember we were talking earlier about um, if you haven't had a bad beer, then I'm just lucky. But you know, <laughs> uh, a lot of our bad beers, and I hate to say it, they've been from Funky Buddha. Oh, that's sad. I really have. That is sad. Yeah. Damn. So, um, hopefully that they, they turn that around, but, um, like we've all said on this, on this, uh, the show is that if you get bought out, that's, you know, good for you. Glad you get your, you get your payday out of that as, as the owner. 
just as long as you keep brewing good quality beer. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's no doubt that there are a ton of breweries out there that have been purchased by larger companies that are still brewing good beers. To me, my personal opinion, Funky Buddha is not one of them. <laughs> okay. Now, all right, I'll mark them off my list. No more Funky Buddha beers on my list. Bummer. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Let's go to, let's end on a high note with a fun article because we just uh, had two uh, downer articles. Let's go for a high. <laughs> let's bring this back up, Chris. We can do it. And this is the Talk about some candy. Yeah, some candy, some sweet, some sugar high right here. So, <laughs> Halloween candy and beer pairing article from draftmag.com. Nobody gave me this one. I found this one on my own. So, there we go. I can find articles too. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. So, let's start off with the Reese's Pieces and Doppelbach. Yeah. I mean, I never even thought about this pairing, but now that it's together, I'm like, yeah, this sounds awesome. They say it's a PB&J plus when Doppelbach's bread crust and raisin flavors meet a handful of peanut butter Reese's pieces. What do you think? Would you try that? I think I, will, I think I'm going to need to go get some Doppelbach. <laughs> because I'm I'm looking at this list and I'm going, I I don't have enough of this stuff in my house right now. Like, I, and I know I don't want to steal from you. But I'm I, I might skip the next one. But I got a pumpkin <laughs> ale in the house. Yeah, well, why don't you? Uh, well, why don't you read the next one? All right. So the next the next pairing that they they brought up in this article was a Snickers and an oyster stout. <laughs> yeah. Now I I like oysters. I'm not a fan of them raw, <laughs> uh, but I like them when they're steamed. I like them when they're grilled. I like them when they're fried. I like oysters. Um, I don't know about them in beer. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. And I have never tried it, so I can't really say, I don't know if I would like it or not. You've never had an oyster stout? No. Okay. They're gritty. They come across like gritty and like, like grit. Like you have like a gritty, dirty, like teeth. Yeah. Literally physically it's gritty. Really? Yeah. I don't like oyster stouts at all. (laughs) Okay. So the, the pairing they have here is a Snickers and an oyster stout. Uh, the touch of brine in an oyster stout hones in on the peanuts saltiness, which yeah. they're both salty. Yeah. Uh, while the gooey nougat softens some of the beer's lactic twang. At the back of the swallow, roast and chocolate join hands in a perfect finish. I, I might try this actually. Now that they explained it, it actually sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah, but how many people are putting out an oyster stout? There's a few. There's a few. There's a uh... Now I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I, I mean, I, I come across them every so often. Um, t- I think it's 21st Amendment has an oyster stout, which I don't know if you can get 21st Amendment down in Tampa. Yes, I can. Okay, so they have an oyster stout, and they release it right around the, the winter time. so look for it. It's called, uh, I'll think about it. It has an oystery, it has like an oystery name to it, um, but yeah, that's a pretty... Uh, famous one, and then Oyster Point Oyster Stout. Yeah, I guess that's it. And then there's also the Oyster Stout that I've also had uh, was from Flying Dog. They have an Oyster Stout. Uh, I forget oh, yeah. the name of that one. And then there's one more that I see quite often, and I can't think of the. I can't think of that one. But yeah, there's mm-hmm. a few out there. They're not. 
they're not really popular, but they do. They are released every so. You know, a few breweries do it. So I might have to get a can of the Twenty First Amendment when it comes out this year, and I'll have to go buy a Snickers and just try it and see if if this pairing works. A flying dog, and that's 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 a Maryland based brewery. Their their oyster stout is called Pearl Necklace. Yeah, Pearl Necklace. Yeah, yeah. I like I like I like the name, even though it's dirty. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean it's dirty? <laughs> I'm not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I had this. So you know that uh, Flying Dog used to be out of uh, Colorado, and when they were really? in Colorado, yeah, when they were in Colorado, that their beer was here in, in Idaho, and I drank it all the time and loved it. I love their beer, and then they moved out to Maryland and stopped distributing to, you know, to Idaho. So I was really bummed about that. Now they put out a. Um... Uh, an Old Bay beer. <clears throat> so it was a beer brewed with the Old Bay seafood seasoning. Oh. Which, if you're eating seafood covered in Old Bay, which we do, in, well, we do in Maryland. So for most people that, if for people that don't know, I'm originally from Maryland. So we douse everything in Old Bay. It's basically like, um, you know, put it on crabs, shrimp, <laughs> corn, mashed potatoes. Some people even get weird and put it on their ice cream. Oh, um, I know it's good though. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, it's it's really good if you're eating seafood and drinking this Old Bay beer from Flying Dog. Okay, excellent. So. All right, well, let's move on to the next one. It's candy corn and pumpkin ale, and I, you know what. I can see this working too. I can mm-hmm. see this one working. So it says the seasonal flavors like pumpkin, cinnamon, and clove in a pumpkin ale get a sweet sugar shot from the marshmallow flavored Halloween favorite. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of candy corn, but if I were to throw a couple candy corns in my mouth, chew them up a little bit, and then just take a swig of a pumpkin ale, you know what? That combination might be able to get both those down for me because I, <laughs> it's hard for me to get either of those down on my own usually. But if I have a combination like that, I think that might work. I might hmm. try it. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of candy corn either. Mm-hmm. Megan is. And we do have pumpkin <laughs> here in the house. So, All right. Well, try it. Let me know. Do a video of it too. I want to see us. <laughs> All right. So the next one we were talking about is going, or the next one the article talks about is going to be a Butterfinger with an English pale ale. So everything's better with butter. <laughs> when the candy's creepy butter center catches the same classic buttery flavors in a super soft English pale ale. Okay. So we're... Uh, next one, though. I'm curious about that one. So why don't you go ahead and talk about that one? Okay. This one's not for the lighthearted, for sure. This is Whoppers and a Rock Beer. Uh, and which is a, uh, if you haven't had a rock, Roush beer, a rock, Roush, I guess it's Roush beer. Roush beer. Um, it's a, uh, it's a smoky, uh, it's a smoky beer. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it can be tough to get down. Uh, I've had a few and, uh, it's, not, it's, it's, it's hard for me to drink those for sure. But this says between a Roush beer's bacon, roast, and smoke, there's room for more malty chocolate sweetness. Exactly what this movie theater classic brings to the tongue. Um, you know what? When I was eating candy, I, I don't eat candy. I mean, I honestly, I have, I, I've once in a while, I'll have some uh, dark chocolate from Europe, 
uh, when, you know, when someone brings me a nice chocolate bar from their trip overseas. But I don't drink, I don't eat candy. But uh, I, when I did eat candy when I was younger, I loved Whoppers. I loved that malt ball, you know, character. But I don't mm-hmm. think even that will make the Roush beer, uh, you know, drinkable for me. <laughs> Well, I have to, I have to kind of let you in on a little secret because okay. I'm currently texting my buddy Trey right now, and he's literally brewing a Roush beer mm. right now. Um, and he's brewed this before, and I'm never really one for smoked beers, yeah. But he does a really good job with this one, so okay. I'm, I'm literally texting him right now. Um, we're kind of going back and forth of, uh, uh, would a Roush beer work with the Whoppers? Um, so we're. I just sent him sent him a, a kind of a screenshot of uh, our notes here, just kind of see see what he might have brewed and what uh, what we might pair together. But I'm kind of curious about this uh, Whoppers and Roush beer now. Okay, was well, you know what? By the time the beer's ready, you can go get a a bag of Whoppers and try it out. All Let right. me know. Yeah, yeah, and again, we'll probably do a video of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, last one. All right, so the last one is going to be Sour Patch Kids and Cider. Whoa. So turn up the volume on a classic cider's sweet, tart apple flavor with the sugar-coated candies in your face sourness. Uh, Too much, huh? That, that's going to be a bit overwhelming. I yeah, think. yeah, I think so, too. I think, uh, I mean, at least they said sour or cider and not sour. I mean, sour would be way too, sour, sour would be too much. But cider, if it's a sweet cider, like a, like a, either a semi-sweet or a sweet cider, I think it would work okay because that tartness, that, that sourness will, you know, the sweetness will bite the, they, they kind of work together. But if it's a dry cider, no way. Dry cider and this sour, uh, patch kids, that's way too much. I mean, it'd be over the top. I don't know, but, but, you know, if like the Sour Patch Kids, I mean, their, their slogan is they're, you know, they're sour first and then they're sweet because you get through that first layer of sour and then you, you chew them up a little bit and then they turn kind of sweet. So I think that would be a lot of sweet on sweet with the cider. Oh, well, you know what? I need you to video this one too. So yeah, you have, you have a I job figured. ahead of you. I want you to try all of these pairings, <laughs> videotape it for our listeners. They want to know. <laughs> All right, so I think this is going to have to be a uh, a group project between <laughs> Megan and myself, and she'll probably light up when I go out in the living room and go look. We're going to have to go buy all this beer, and we're going to have to go out and buy all this candy <laughs> to pair with the beer, and then we're going to have to taste them all together just to kind of see how they work. Yeah, we got to do it for the show. Well, we, that's what I always say: you do it for the beer. Do it for the beer. Okay, we did it. We did it. We got through three articles, and uh, I'm glad we we ended on a high note with some nice candy and beer pairings. But, Chris, all good things do have to come to an end, and it is time to end the show. But before we do that, I am going to give you the opportunity to give a toast to someone you'd like to give a toast to. Well, first I'm going to give a toast to John and Chris. Cheers to you guys on finally having your grand opening. Excited again, excited to see you guys moving forward with your brewery. 
because again, it is a long time coming. And you and I, Denny, we've been kind of privy to um, some of the struggles and things that they've been going through. And I'm sure we haven't seen it all, but uh, we've, we've seen a lot of it. So I'm excited to see them uh, have finally have their grand opening. And, and I hope, I hope the place is packed yeah. when they finally do have, have this event. Um, and then cheers to my wife, Megan. Um, we've been kind of having a crazy couple weeks between training dogs and, you know, making sure we drink enough beer so we can talk about it on the show. Um, uh, but just cheers to her. We've, we've been uh, running around like crazy and she's been keeping, keeping her wits about her. So just, uh, just want to raise a glass to her as well. Nice. Anybody that you'd like to raise a, give out a toast to Denny? Of course, Chris, I want to raise my glass to you for joining me last few episodes, taking time out of your busy schedule to record and hang out and just have fun. Thank you and cheers to you and Megan. And uh, also, I want to give a toast to Craft Beer Joe, Joe Easton. He, uh, you know, he was one of the the guys that answered the uh, the question on the uh, what what are the uh, the craft beer breweries that are, are unknown that you should let people know. But he also has a blog. I've mentioned it on the show a number of times in the past. It's uh, craftbeerjoe.com. He's out of uh, you know, Cincinnati, Ohio area, and he has a great blog with a lot of fantastic articles in there. I, I love reading his stuff. And he just released an article about his first experiences judging a beer contest, and I really enjoyed it. Gives you a little bit of insight in, uh, you know, into beer, into judging beers, a beer show, uh, especially from someone who doesn't have all those certifications and experience of doing. He's not a professional. He's not a, a beer judge, cert- certified beer judge. He's, you know, he's he just doesn't have that experience. But uh, he does a great job of going and giving you a little peek behind the scenes, and I really enjoyed the article. So. Joe, thank you for all those great articles you do. Cheers to you. And one day we will meet. I'm sad that we weren't able to meet when I was there visiting Trek. But next time I come, we have to meet up for sure. And Denny, what's the acronym for that that Beer Judge Certification Program you're talking about? It's Beer Judge Certification Program. (laughs) BJCP. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I could just go easy and say BJCP, you know, heavy on the BJs, I, but, uh, I, well, but no, that's a I, given. yeah, yeah. So, but no, but that, that's what it is. Uh, John, John is a BJCP. Um, so, or BJC judge, judge, he's a, he's a, he's a judge, beard. Yeah. BJCP. yeah. But before we get, uh, yeah, I think, I think the beer is starting to, to get to me. So I better move on before I say something too stupid. Uh, but of course, before I, I move on, I need to give one more toast out to all those servicemen and women out there. I raise my glass to you. Thank you for your service. Please come home safely to your family soon. And Chris, why don't you go ahead and uh, raise a glass to our sponsor? Absolutely. So I want to raise a glass to B Cups, the supplier of outdoor craft beer cups for partnering up with us. And I encourage our listeners to go visit their site at bcups.net. That's B-C-U-P-S dot net. Or you can go check out all the other things that they've got going on at Fermented Reality. 
Com. Check out the world's first full line of style-specific plastic beer cups for people on the go, whether you're hanging out on the beach, by the pool, hiking in the wilderness, or even enjoying some boating. Bee cups are great for any place you can't use standard glassware. All right, nice. And, of course, you can find the beers and the links to the articles we mentioned on the show in our show notes located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw. And Chris, how can our listeners follow you? So you can follow me at Chris underscore McKenzie 82 on Twitter or untapped on Instagram at MCK1345. And as always, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash tap the craft. All right, it is last time time to bring this show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening. We ask you to please tell a friend and, of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, or Google Play, or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Oh, we could have recorded last night then. No. No? What were you doing last night? You know, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right. Now it's time for the brew buzz. And the brew buzz. <laughs> Who's buzzed? <laughs> oh. It is a little warm in my office, and I have been not slow, not uh, easing up on the beers. So I guess I probably okay. Let's try it again. <laughs>